Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Footy Mailbag. This is episode two under our brand new moniker, brand new trade podcast feed. It's not our trade podcast feed, though, Clarky. I don't know why I said that, but hey, we're going to talk about trades today because we're going to be talking about whether players are relevant after being traded. So it probably is a trade podcast feed. Technically, it is a trade podcast feed until it's not, and at which point it just becomes an AFL Supercoach feed. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna. <laughs> anyway. It's good to be back, isn't it? <laughs> it it is. It is. You can tell I haven't done this in a while. Oh, it's gonna nah, be good like to this. get back in the swing of things. All right, we're gonna be talking about players at their new clubs and whether they hold any super coach relevance. Um, and I guess we jump straight in with the first player that moved, and we'll go to James Jordan. Um, he's gonna come in priced at about 270k he might be mid forward i don't know what his time split between the forward line and the midfield was for the demons but i think he's a good price regardless of where his position is i think it'll be really interesting to see how sydney use him right so sydney have they've plugged up a lot of their holes in this trade period and with some big names that we will get to. But I think James Jordan is just a really solid pickup for them. He played like a bit of winger. He was a bit of a midfielder at Melbourne, also a little bit of that half forward. I think he played very similarly to, say, like a Tom Sparrow, but I think with a little bit more wing time um, would be my recollection of his time. And I think he's he's just solid, right? He's got the basic skills. He's got time in a high-performance AFL system. He's got games under his belt, so he's just ready to go. Um at two two sixty seven, you said that's that juice might be worth the squeeze, Damo. It depends on what, like, it depends on what other prices and players come out at when the team picker is released. Because I don't think anyone expected to pick as many cheapies as they did last season, but it paid off. And you and people actually left. There were some teams that entered round one with at least two three hundred k in the bank because of all these cheapies that were good prices that they could pick up, that could fill a role and create money early. So it really depends what's out there. If he, if he's going to fill a role, if there's not enough rookies and he's going to play for the Sydney Swans in round one, he could be someone that people sneak into their teams. Yeah. And, and that's going to be the thing, right? I think it's, we'll see what shakes out for Sydney in that off period and then decide whether he's worth it then. Um, he he probably I I just can't see a role for him though that puts him in like an uber premium breakout. Then, but he might be someone solid who I think is probably good for like a sixty to maybe seventy five. Like, like we're talking like we're way far out in the future, you know, for that prediction. But I think yeah, like a sixty to seventy five. I think on his best day, you know, it's it's not unreasonable. The next move was Matthew Flynn heading to the West Coast Eagles. He's going to probably talking. be their number one ruck. Now we're talking, Damo. He's going to be over. He's going to be sitting between four and five hundred k as his starting price. But who's he hitting the ball to? Tim Kelly. Look, I think he could be a sneaky good option, but I don't think he's someone that you should actively select to be different because there's going to be some players that come in 
at some really, really good prices, especially in the ruck line now that there's been some movement. And I just don't think he's that high in the pecking order when we're doing those selections later in the year. Damothy, how can you not say that this man has high R2 potential? He's got potential. Mate, it's, it, it's October. We can't rule anyone out. No, everything we say now stands forever. <laughs> Matt Flynn, R2, lock it in. <laughs> I like that, though. I, You know what? I'm looking forward, and we'll, we'll see probably a little bit more of this as we get to some more players. And I said this on the last player as well, and I'm probably going to say it right up until maybe like the last five. But we're seeing a lot of... Um, I'm hoping that next year might be the year that we don't have to go all out on ruck prices. Like, it seems like that might be the case. Like, hey, this might be the cheap ruck year. I think the ruck line and the forward line will be the most interesting lines that people compile when the team picker is released because a lot of last year's forwards, a lot of last year's rucks either won't have dual position anymore, um, won't be able to be selected in those positions anymore, or are only going to be selected in one position and you're going to have to make a choice. So we might see people not select certain players in certain positions because they no longer have the luxury of dual position or, or able to be selected as a forward as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I think we can't look, we can't bog ourselves down into what's going to happen. You're right. But everything we, as I said before, everything we say now stands forever. Sydney Swans were busy. Um, they have also signed Joel Hamling as a free agent. Depending on which Sydney Swan fan you're talking to, he's either depth or he's going to take someone's role. I I don't think that he's going to be a relevant pickup, but only because key defenders aren't usually relevant pickups. Yeah, I, I can't I can't see any real maybe some like super depth in a keeper league (laughs) but i don't think this one's super relevant it's a good trade but it's not going to be super relevant i think for us tom duday has signed as a free agent and landed at brisbane um he's he's done his acl and will be out until about the middle of the year though so not someone that you'll start with, but he is is he someone that you could target middle of the year as a trade-in option? Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's probably going to be how we look at it. I think looking at his games up until um up until he was injured, it was clear to see that he had a really solid role um as kind of like an intercepting kind of free form on the Adelaide. I think I was surprised Adelaide got rid of were willing to give him up not got rid of him, but willing to give him up because I think he's somebody who has a lot of potential. Something to watch for. Um, the next player that moved was Todd Goldstein. The the North Melbourne stalwart has landed at Essendon. This probably doesn't make him relevant, but it probably makes Sam Draper less relevant. Go on. Just because they've brought in veteran help, which they probably did need because of Andrew Phillips' re- retirement, 
And Andrew Phillips did play quite a lot of games with Sam Draper when he was available. But Todd Goldstein is probably a more impactful ruckman. So I think it means that Sam Draper probably loses a bit of ruck share, which probably puts him down the pecking order at Essendon as, as a... And it's now going to be ruck by com, ruck by c- committee rather than a sole ruck. Yeah, yeah, that's. Oh, look, it's it's not a, it's not anything that's going to set the Essendon world on fire, right? Todd Goldstein is a very solid ruck, but I don't think that we're going to see the massive jump that we would want, especially given the ruck options that are going to be popping up for us next year. Like we've already talked about Matt Flynn, who has endless potential. So, and he's a lot younger and a lot less old, like. He's not, yeah, that's right. He's not just younger. He's less old. You can't be younger if you're not less old. Exactly. You know what I'm, you're picking up what I'm putting down, Damo. Ben Mackay is now a bomber. So the Essendon have signed a couple of free agents. Was Ben Mackay relevant when he was at North Melbourne? God, no, no. not really. Is he relevant at Essendon? Still no. Move James. On. James Harms is now a Western Bulldog. Do we think he is going to play and be relevant? Um, no. Maybe At- like I, he'll be a role player. He'll, he'll be the same. It's going to be the same as Melbourne. He'll go in there because they need like a defensive mid, right? That's what he. That's what he did. He came in. He would stick to someone like Lou, or he would just give him a hard time. Wouldn't it? It's going to be the same. That's exactly what they're they're going to do with him at the Western Bulldogs. I can't like good for him. I think if he gets the games on, but you know, it's not going to be a breakout. Melbourne used him as a tagger, as a half forward, yeah. as a half back. They pretty much put him on whoever was dangerous at the, at the time, and he was fine. Just wasn't very super coach relevant. Didn't score a lot of points because he was. A, more in he was more focused on shutting down the player that he was up against than finding the football himself. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Dylan Stevens has crossed from the Sydney Swans to North Melbourne. Sure. I can't rule him out. I can't rule him out, but I think North Melbourne picked up someone else who we'll talk about a bit later that's probably more relevant and probably going to be at a similar price. Yeah, I think Dylan Stevens is he's just another one of those players, right, that we always had in our radar. We were like, kid's got talent, needs opportunity. Is that opportunity going to be at North? Maybe. But, uh, yeah, it put him on your watch list, but I can't see him sort of being someone that we'll look at straight away. Chris Burgess has signed, uh, has, was traded to the Adelaide Crows. Will he be a forward? Will he be a back? Will he be a ruckman? Who knows? What I do know is he's not going to be in my super coach team. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's going to do fine at football. He's going to be useless for us in super coach. All right. It's like he didn't think of us at all when he was looking to move. Oh, mate. These players moving without thinking of our super coach teams. These cowards thinking about their own careers over my needs. All right, here's a big one. 
Sydney Swans receive Barodi Grundy in a trade from the Melbourne Demons. Now, Clarkie, Brody Grundy didn't work at the Demons, so you can't be too sad that he's gone. I am not. I I have wholeheartedly and publicly stated that I support Brody Grundy to do what's best for his career because I think he was sold a vision of something that didn't eventuate. Um, if Max Corn didn't get injured, I think they would have persisted with the experiment a little bit longer um, of you know Max and Brody splitting it 50-50. But Max got injured. Brody was a really good ruckman with a really talented midfield. So he had the pieces around him and he did what he did good. Then Max came back and Max went, oh, hang on. I can also go absolutely fucking ape shit as well. And then Brody was like, well, I don't want to be just a forward. Like it's, I think Melbourne did the right thing as well by Brody. And I think that's really mature. And now he lands at the Sydney Swans, where there was Dangerous. a big gaping hole in their ruck department after a few retirements, few delistings, all that sort of thing. This ruck Jesus and did And now not. he gets to a club with a talented midfield with Luke Parker, James Rowbottom, Chad Warner, Callum Mills, Angus Sheldrick, even Isaac Heaney goes through there every now and then. He's got a lot of options to hit to when he goes into that middle ruck um into them into that into those rut contests those middle ruck i don't know what i was going to say there um those rut contests but i think he's going to be a great starting pickup i think the biggest critique that i had of brody's game as a whole was that he didn't do a lot of defensive running right like it's i think it's a fair criticism and i don't think it's necessarily like you know takes away from all of his other talents but i think even if with that as an issue, he showed that with the right pieces around him, he was dangerous. Sydney are already dangerous, and they had what they had Ruck Jesus, um, in Tom Hickey, who rest in peace, uh, is now gone. And then they had who is it Laddams? No, have, not even they still have Peter Laddams, but I think now they've got Grundy. Laddams is just there <laughs> Laddam saw the news and was just like sitting in a corner somewhere just like what the fuck <laughs> like how's so this is a very very easy and I don't think anyone's mind's going to change he's going to be in your ruck one or two and he's probably going to be sub 500k to start the year as well unless champion data put in their 11 secret herbs and spices and make him a special price because he's a special player because they have been known to do that for some players <laughs> you know what my favorite thing about this move though so <clears throat> for to pull the wall back uh, a little bit on some of our personal super coach Damo, you and i are in a keeper league uh and this keeper league is uh it's the first one that i've ever done and we, we slow drafted it and it was painstaking. And I drafted Brady Grundy as my first Ruckman. I don't have a single good Ruckman behind him. And it started off okay. And then Maxi got injured, which was sad for Melbourne, but happy for me and Supercoach because Brady Grundy started pumping out hundreds. And then he just disappeared. He's just into the ether. I looked like I had bought a lemon and gone... This isn't even lemonade. It's it's moldy. Something's wrong with it. But this lemon has sprouted a mighty tree, Damo. And next year, oh, this tree will bear fruit. And what's going to help that tree bear fruit is Taylor Adams has also Smooth. crossed to the Sydney Swans. I and like this. when Adams was at Collingwood with Brody Grundy, 
Grundy to Adams was one of the top ruck to midfield combinations in the league. So these are two players that can read each other like picture books. I love this move for Sydney. Um, Are we concerned about Adams' injury history? His injury history will always be an issue, but I think that Sydney is the kind of club that can get on top of that thing pretty pretty quickly. They've They've shown that they can get Tom Hickey out on the park with no, with not a lot of issues. Mm. So he, he had injury troubles when he was at Gold Coast, when he was at St. Kilda, when he was at West Coast. And now he goes to Sydney. He played almost a full season, not that long ago in Sydney colors. I think Sydney, a fresh start is probably good for him. And yeah, it probably means that his game time might be limited, but Sydney have the luxury of being able to, make him a burst role sort of player. And I think, I think the move makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree. I don't think I'm super concerned. I think there's actually a lot of reason that he might be a good starting option. Um, just with Callum Mills, obviously destroying his shoulder, pulling off an RKO or whatever it was. Um, means that he has a prime opportunity to really help solidify that midfield with, you know, Luke Parker, Golden, Chad Warner even. There's like a good little rotation, I think, here that can go through that mid-group and there's some opportunity for scoring as well. Absolutely. I don't think I would start him um, just because of the injury troubles. and Well, you want to get him at the start though, right? Like, well, he's still good. I know we're jumping on Brody Grundy because he started at a new club and because he's a good ruckman, but it, when it comes to players like a Taylor Adams, who is brand new in a system, I think starting someone like that, unless you're sure of their role, sure of their fitness, sure of how they're going to be used during games in real game situations, you can't really pick them until they've settled in. Okay. I can see that. If he's the if he's the right price, I think it's hard to look past him, isn't it? Like I said, we can't rule anyone out. It's October. No, I will be. Except for Ben Mackay. Rule him right out. Zach Fisher is now at North Melbourne. This is good. Maybe. Al Clarkson mentioned he likes his distribution of half back. So we could see another Aaron Hall situation here with Zach Fisher, my, my, minus the dodgy hamstrings. And the Jack Zebel. And the Jack Zebel. Um, Zach Fisher will come in roughly at about 370k. So an awkward price. Uh, that's yucky. <laughs> but we said that about George Hewitt a few years ago, and then he turned out to be a 110 averaging defender. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? It's we're we're prospecting really with guys like that where it's it's gonna be gold or dirt, isn't it? Um it doesn't feel like there's a lot of room for the in between. So I think we'll find out a lot more as he gets into the system and we know Zach Fisher is a talented player. Um he's shown flashes of that at the blues, so maybe I think if he's ready to really sort of 
step up and he gets a very good clear role. I'd be upset more as well, probably cutting a little bit of lunch off Sheasel. I I want to start Harry Sheasel when yeah, right. but it's good. It's good vibes. But I also don't know what role he's going to get because they don't think he's a defender full time. They just put him there because they wanted him to get his hands on the ball and get comfortable at the level. Who knows if he's a halfback in 2024, he might go back to half forward, the position he was drafted in. And then that makes him virtually useless. So it's, it's difficult because you know, the talent that this kid has, but you also know that bringing in someone like a Zach Fisher means you're not going to lose that drive off halfback in a real game situation. So for Supercoach, it's kind of difficult to work out what his value is, both Harry Sheasel and Zach Fisher, because two of them could be down back, one could be up down back, one could be up forward. They could both be fighting for the same ball. It's really difficult. And I think Zach Fisher at his lower price, especially if he gets that role in the preseason games, will be easier to pick than Harry Sheasel because I think that Alistair Clarkson will be more likely to move Sheasel than Fisher once Fisher's got a role. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Jade Gresham has landed at Essendon. I know we said we weren't ruling out players, but I'm ruling out Jade Gresham. Hmm? I even forgot that happened. Who cares? Cool. Melbourne receives Tom Fullerton. Finally, something I care about. <laughs> no, this is, I don't know. Maybe he plays. Maybe he doesn't play. He, Melbourne needed a tall. He could be rookie price. <sighs> yeah, but he also plays in a, he also will probably play in a Melbourne forward line. He could be rookie price. <laughs> Ah, yes. i sorry. I forgot if the reduced sticker is on him. It's straight value. Let me put it this way, right? Jed Walter going to the Gold Coast Suns. We drafted top two. He's probably going to come in priced at about 200k. Tom Fullerton could come in priced at about 170k. Mm. They're probably going to be, they're probably going to output the same super coach type of scores. But Tom Fullerton is probably going to be in the demon side just as much as Jed Walter's going to be in the sun side at a lower price. I mean, I'm, you're not going to rule out Jed Walter just because of this, but if you're choosing between one or the other, you'd probably go with Fullerton being the more experienced fella. I don't know. Time will tell. <laughs> Time will tell. Uh that's Tyler a, Brockman heads to West Coast. Sure. This is good for West Coast. It's good for West Coast. It's not It's not good for Supercoach. Sorry, I'd like to just go back. Well, Jay Gresham going to Essendon. That's probably good for Essendon, right? That's just, just generally. I feel bad for talking bad about that, but this is in the same basket. It's, yeah, you, you improved your team. Not relevant. Biggie Nuon heads to North Melbourne. Sure, good for North Melbourne. Yep, more defensive depth. We'll see what happens in the preseason. Damo, do you want me to read this? I know your heart might hang heavy no. from this one. 
Lockie Schultz heads to Collingwood. Um, he you can't hear it, listeners. He's, he's a tear, a single tear down Damo's cheek, mate. Lockie Schultz was is actually a solid super coach scorer, and he's not someone that averages ninety or a hundred, but. In the right system, he could be one of those elite small forwards that averages that much. At Fremantle, he probably didn't get enough supply when the because the Dockers like to slingshot the ball. But Collingwood get their forwards involved a lot more. And so Lockie Schultz could see a lot more of the ball. Do you think he suffers, though, competing against, like, Jamie Elliott and Bobby Hill? Like, not not any more than he was competing against, against Michael Walters and Michael Frederick. Or, Damo, with all due I, respect, I I'm would not say yes, comparing that is worse. those players, but those are <laughs> but it's it's the same. It would it would be the same share. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I think there's probably going to be some question marks on it. I don't think I could. Um, I, I'm probably not picking him. I'm probably yeah, not picking I, him. But I can see, I can see halfway through the season. Pick him. Yeah, I can see halfway through the season, saying like, oh, "Hang on a second, I, I've just, I wrote this off, but I probably shouldn't have." You're going through your trades at a buy round. Collingwood have just come off the buy, and you realise that Lockie Schultz is averaging 91 with, with only two <laughs> scores below 76 or something like. <laughs> Absolute insanity, and you just you sit there and you go, "I fucked it. <laughs> I don't know why I did this." Liam Henry goes to St Kilda. Is that good? For St. Kilda, it's good. I don't know if it's good for Supercoach. What is he? What, Liam Henry? Generally wing? By the vibe I'm getting here? He's a winger, but I don't know how St. Kilda are going to use him. Mm. St. Kilda are boring anyway since Ross came back, so... McAdam, Shane McAdam becomes a demon... I don't know where he fits in. I also don't think this is going to be super coach relevant, but I don't know. He, I think Shane McAdam gives you something, gives you being Melbourne, because you are a Melbourne fan, so you yep. refer to Melbourne as you and yep, we me. and you know all those things. <laughs> yeah, and if you were I, but who's him? Sure. Yep. H- how? Um, yep. <laughs> Shane McAdam in your forward line, in Melbourne's forward line, I think gives them something that they were missing during the finals, which was a medium-sized marking target. Hmm. Like a Jake Melksham size? Yeah. I think, here's the thing, right? And th- and this is this is purely football, uh, Damo, which I feel comfortable talking to you about. Um, Jake Melksham, right? He did something that Melbourne forwards weren't doing. And I hate to harp on because Melbourne's the only team I kind of really know a lot about. But he was aggressive at the ball. And I think we've kind of seen, like, bringing in a guy like Shane McAdam, we want someone who is playing towards the ball. Harry Petty was playing towards the ball and giving opportunity. Ben Brown would do it when he was in and not injured. And how old is he? 45? No, I think he's younger than me, which makes me really sad. He might be slightly older than me. Um, because what have I done with my time? But like, and the, and like these Tom McDonald types, right. And things like that. 
I yeah, I do see this as a good selection. I don't know how this forward six shapes up though, because somebody's got to miss out somewhere. So whether that and that probably takes away his super coach relevance, I think as well, because it's going to be week to week, right? Like it's standard forward bullshit, where it's well, a seventy, maybe an eighty-five, maybe a four. Is Melbourne bringing in Shane McAdam? almost putting the writing on the wall for Angus Brayshaw in terms of his head injuries? Like, could they move someone down onto the wing to take Angus Brayshaw's spot and that and sort of puts the writing on the wall in that sense? Like, could they put an Alex Neil Bullen on the wing? Probably, prob- prob- probably not. Could they put a Charlie Spargo on the wing? Well, Spargo, like... Spargo is definitely in the wingers club. Um, yeah. With, with Gus and with Lang Lingers and, um, Hunter. Yeah. Oh God. Lucky Hunter. He looks like Simon Goodwin and that scares me. Lucky Hunter. He like, they look exact. I'm like, what is this coach doing? Get off the field. I think Gus, I wouldn't be surprised if he reverts a little bit back to his halfback role because not necessarily like safer, but it is a little bit more controlling and less headstrong, you know what I mean, when he gets those inside mid moments. So I think I can probably see a world where that may be the case. But looking at his highlight reel, you know, of Shane McAdam, it's it's like you said, it's a little bit of X factor forward. So maybe I don't know, Gus intends to play on. Um Hopefully his health continues to permit that, but I think they would they would continue to use him as just an accurate kick. So, how super coach relevant is this? Probably twenty percent. <laughs> yeah. Keep now an eye it, on it. Keep a league depth, maybe. Uh, Nick Caulfield has head to the Western Bulldogs. We know that Luke Beveridge loves his half backs, but. He usually deploys them in the ruck or at half forward or as a key forward or, you know, not at their designed position. Physio on the sidelines. Key defender. I'm I'm pretty sure I saw Brad Crouch running water bottles at one point. That's That's a different team. That's that's (laughs) a different team. (laughs) Who am I thinking of? No, Brad Crouch. Uh, Toby McLean. That's who I meant to say. And I was looking at a picture of Nick Caulfield in Saints gear. My brain is broken. You can cut this out right now, mate. Leave it in. Cut it out. Whatever. Nick Caulfield. If he plays and he gets... Well, he was cheap last year and then didn't play. Yeah, right. Well, I remember we we all had discussions about this last so, year. So, he, so he's going to be cheaper again. And yeah. he's going to a team that wanted him. Which means yeah. there's clearly a plan... Or they... They clearly think they have a plan for him. Yeah, and I don't know, right? He's got to play. Like that's the thing. We we've said it all once before. Like he's got the skill. He can have the role. He's skilled in that role. All the stars align, but he needs to be on the field come round one. Your best ability is your availability. Yeah, that's the thing. Put it on a shirt. But that means I've got a Peter Bell quote on my on 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 my shirt. That's fine. We can we'll Creative Commons it into something. Paddy Dow lands at St Kilda. Um, I don't know. I don't. 
It's I don't know how St. Kilda were the destination for Paddy like, I don't like I don't know like like as someone who had to deal with Ross Lyons coaching for like eight years, I know that when he identifies a player or identifies a position that needs a certain type of player, he gets those players. And he wanted speed around the stoppage. So they got Liam Henry and they got Paddy Dow. Whose minutes is that taking? I have no idea. But I don't think either of those players become super coach relevant because of the role that they've been recruited for and because of how I think they will be deployed. Yeah, look, he's going into from Carlton where he wasn't getting an opportunity. He was very good at the VFL level to a team where he also still might not have the opportunity. So maybe Mason Wood cops it for Paddy Dow. I'm just looking at who who I'm thinking here was a mid-option for St. Gilda. Maybe like Seb Ross or gets gets the boot finally or Zach Jones gets the boot finally or something something like that. I'm not entirely sure. St. Gilda fans, let us know. What, what do you think about this? Because I was genuinely baffled by that. Ivan Soldo heads to the power. R1, baby! <laughs> Or is he? Yeah. Look, I would say, okay. <laughs> so, I, Ivan Soldo sits <laughs> in that same basket as Matt Flynn, where he could be a point of difference to start your team that's just as good as the players you choose in that position that's around that same price. He'll probably be forward eligible, though, which is good. Oh, yeah. That's good. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's eligible. It's all good. He's yeah, I'm fine. Pretty, he's, I'm pretty he's, sure he will be forward he's, eligible. He's, he's, he's relevant. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about... Have we talked about the other player that went to Port? The other... It's it's still to come. It's, okay. It's still to come. There's another... Port picked up another player who may impact his ruck ability at Port. But I would say out of these two people, Soldo is... Probably I mean, the better I mean, forward. Let's. I mean, let's let, let's talk about it. Jordan Sweet has also gone to the power. Yeah, and he left the Bulldogs because he was sick of sitting behind Tim English and Rory Lobb and all those other players that were ahead of him. Now he's gone to Port Adelaide. There is every chance that he is still the number one ruck at Port Adelaide with Ivan Solder's forward ability. Mm. It's just a matter of what that split looks like. I don't think I can confidently pick Jordan Sweet as a ruck. I would feel comfortable picking Ivan Soldo as a okay priced forward. Looking at his scores from 2023, like, you know, you got a you got an 85 in there, then he didn't play, for, that was in round seven, and then he didn't play till round 18, and he went 126, 79, 128, two back-to-back 40s, a 102 and an 85, which is like... For a forward, you know. And that would have been Within with the... Toby Nankervis in the side most of that time as well. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, he was priced... Where is he? I don't know what his price will be. Oh, I lost him. I lost his little thing. 391k. So, awkward. Awkward price, right? And you'll probably get a little bit of a 
cost of living adjustment, you'd assume, um, coming into. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was over 400. Maybe. If he goes, if he, if he could go 100 plus, right? Like... I mean, there's a lot to play out between now and when the team picker is released because there's still the draft to come. So we... Oh, yes. <laughs> so there's a lot, a lot to play out between how teams will look in October and how teams will look in January. Jack Genovan has signed with Hawthorne. Good, good for Hawthorne. Yeah, Not good great for, for Jack. Coach. Not great good for, for Supercoach. Great for Jack, who was basically shown the door hours after being told that he was, uh, after hours of it being publicly stated that he was a key figure and was not going to be traded. <laughs> Looks good in sleeves, though, old Jackie boy. I don't care. I don't care for Jack Ginevan. Probably for the same reasons that a lot of people don't. But I also think that he's very talented. He's a bit of a speedster. He's an X-Factor small forward, right? But I think he really, within a team that like Hawthorne, which are probably on the cusp of really finding their groove, right? I think Hawthorne aren't as far behind the eight ball as this year would have made it seem. Um, they had some moments where they were scary. I think that he's more versatile, I think, than just being a small forward, right? I don't know if Hawthorne... I don't know where, where Hawthorne is going to be next year. All I will say is they had moments where they looked like they were years behind the rest of the comp. And then they had games where they looked like they could take the comp by storm within the next eight, within the next 12 months. So I think it depends which Hawthorne turns up each week. And Sam Mitchell has pretty much pulled off the bandaid and is just letting the team grow as one, which is a, which is which is probably a really good tactic to have, especially in that sort of system. Other, yeah. every, every team's going to do their rebuild differently, but Sam Mitchell came in with with a plan. He's executed that plan, and we're seeing players like Josh Weddle, Bailey McDonald, Connor McDonald, Josh Ward, Jai Newcomb, Will Day, Mitch Lewis, all those players like blossom <laughs> b- b- before name, our eyes. Name one more. <laughs> James Warple. Seamus Mitchell. Hey, that's a good one. You know, I think I think you're right, though. And that's the thing that I really... Pains me to say. Uh, I really like about Hawthorne. Um, is that... And that kind of thing, right? Letting that, those, that young playing group really grow. Showing that they have a plan for their rebuild. That is basically ending in them going and building this culture that sort of fosters each other's success right like that's that's what you really want i think jack Ginevan, if he's in the right mindset right which you know there was there's always like he's very talked about in the media and i know that's something that he struggles with and i think some of it is probably cop done fairly some of it probably is a little bit fair but you know there's always a half truth in every media report or you know a, a single grain of salt um I think it's a really positive move for him that he can go and be part of this young group and as somebody who has had consistent AFL time as well, um, be ready to do something more, right? To become more than he currently is and realize that potential. So I think Hawthorne are going to be really good um, this year at continuing to build that because it's a culture of success, right? Like everybody wants to be there. Retention is probably going to be the biggest thing they have to face over the next 
coming years, right? And that's not going to be a problem if everybody's grown so far. Like you're invested on a journey, right? Like it's pretty hard to muck that up. Ned Reeves, I thought of another one. Hey, there he is. <laughs> My R2 in our keeper league. Asava Radigalia has landed at the power. He was relevant when he was cheap, but he's not going to be cheap, so he's not going to be relevant. He's also not very good. This trade took far too long to, oh, to, right. to go through. Disgusting. Disgustingly long. I think Port really wanted it, though, right? Like, credit to Port. They really wanted it. And don't get me wrong, Radigalia, super athletic. Like, he's super talented at times, but he just has these moments where I'm just like... It's a bit like um, Sam Frost. There you go. There's another hook. Where I'm like, okay, like physically you are built and trained and like ready to play AFL. And then you they just do these things that I'm like, oh, like I could have, I could have done that, right? Like just shank a perfectly straight kick or like drop an absolute sitter. You're like, oh, well, I mean, I could, I could be paid to drop a mark. That's fine. But this, I don't know. I think it'll be good for Port. We'll see what we'll see what happens, right? I think that's a wait and see and see what kind of role he has. Um, there's definitely opportunity, I think, for him. Um, you know, I'd be surprised if it became super relevant to start him in our year. But I think if he was having a good enough season and he's once again buys into this culture, goes to a new club, re like readies himself to sort of be part of something different and become like realize some of that potential that he definitely has. You know, I can see a point halfway through the year where we go, you know what, I kind of need a little bit of a point of difference. He's having a good time. His athleticism and his playing style means he could become an interceptor. We know that interceptors score well or score reasonably well. But I think to start with, he's not someone that you would look to start in your team. Yeah. It's going to be patches, right? Elijah Hollands lands at Carlton, but he's probably going to be unavailable for the first two games of the year. <laughs> so he's probably not a relevant starting pick. And this he's is... also going to be around 270k. Yeah, it's good for Carlton, right? Get the, the we you know, we love some brothers, right? We love yeah. some brothers. It's just a shame it will be so long for them to play together, probably. The Tigers have picked up Jacob Kaczynski, he's going to be their Jack Rewalt replacement. I like this. I don't think it's going to be relevant, though, to Supercoach. It's good for Richmond. It's a really good pickup because I think there's not many 198-centimeter mobile tools going going around Mm. that can fill a hole and play straight away. Yeah, and if he gets some time in with Tom Lynch as well, like... Let's be honest, like, good forward line is good for delivery, which can equal good points for other players, right? And we love that. That's good for us. Flow on effect. This next player is on a lot of people's blacklists for Supercoach. But will a new team revive Jack Billings? He's landed at the Melbourne Demons. He's going to really love playing for Casey. Just like Lukey Dunstan did. This All is right. a depth. This is a depth pick, right? And to quote our good friend, friend of the show, Matt Turner, the Supercoach hipster, Jack Billings has never been able to shake the the nickname that we've had for him, Sour Milk. 
coined by the lovely Supercoach Hipster. And I still believe that. I think he's got talent, but where does he fit in? In the VFL, unfortunately. <laughs> like, that feels mean, but still. It, I don't, really, I, this it, baffled it, me. it really is a case of where does he fit? <laughs> he's... He's not even the first cab off the rank, right? Like, oh, uh, you know what? I suppose with James Jordan and James Harms gone, sub potential. All right, moving on then. Sub potential. Uh, Just thinking on about from, it. <laughs> moving on from that, Jack Billings, probably not relevant. Okay. Jack Gunston returns to Hawthorne. I would. Steer sure. Clear. Yeah. Brandon Ryan heads the Lions, so the Lions get their Tom Fullerton replacement, and probably going to play just as much as Tom Fullerton. So let's move on. Put him on the subble. Marby or Chol lands at Hawthorne. I good for like Hawthorne. this. Yeah, I like this for Hawthorne. I like Chol. Um, generally, I probably would have. Enjoyed him over at Melbourne um, myself, but yeah, this could be good. This, but I don't think it's necessarily super relevant. But I can see him fitting into that forward line quite well at Hawthorne, uh, along with Jack Gunston. I think they've built sort of a little bit more um, maturity into that forward line, right? It gives them so they've got now got Mitch Lewis, Jack Gunston, Marbio Chow, Luke Bruce, Jack Ginevan, and then. Question mark. Connor McDonald, I think. Spent, oh, and Dylan Moore. And, love, and, and Dylan Moore. There's about 30% of this episode of us just trying to name Hawthorne players. And I love that. Bring but back Fergus Green. Their forward line, Gunston, Bruce, Charles, Lewis, Moore, and Ginevan. That's a yeah. pretty good forward line. That's, that's a decent forward six. Brandon Zirk Thatcher is now at Port Adelaide. Um, probably not super coach relevant. Yeah. Xavier Dersma has landed at Essendon. Probably more super coach relevant, but not much more. I would say draft league relevant. Relevant for draft leagues. Yes. Yeah. Um, as somebody who has Dersma also in our draft league, I also think the same of, um, Zerk Thatcher, right? Zerk Thatcher, another young player with potential. See what Port do with him, right? But one to put on the, the watch list for so, when you're drafting. Port now have Radigalia, Aliralia, and Zerk Thatcher, mm-hmm. meaning Trent McKenzie will no longer have to line up against a key forward because mm-hmm. Trent McKenzie is only, what, 188 centimetres or 189 centimetres. So he's not a key defender type player. At the Suns, when he was able to roll off his opponent and kick the ball, I know this was years and years and years ago, <laughs> but he was actually a pretty decent super coach scorer, Trent McKenzie. I like this, Damo. This is this is definitely so, a watch list. So Radigalia, Zerk Thatcher, and Alira Leah probably aren't super coach relevant, but they probably make other players around them super coach relevant by them not having to play taller than they are. Yeah, and this is assuming that Ken does the smart thing. Yes. You'd assume that he 
would be do the smart thing, but you never know with Ken. Yeah. It's a bit of a mixed bag. And the last trade of the trade period is Massimo <laughs> D'Ambrosio. We've just named another Hawks player because that's where he's Yes, we did it. We've basically named the whole team. Um, This is fine. I don't know if it's relevant. We'll find out. I like, he, Mass- I like he, Massimo. He probably fills the role that Chad Wingard is now unavailable for through his Achilles injury. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Which is means that, is that good? No. Which, which which means there's draft relevance, and there could be games or patches where he bottoms out at like 200k, and then and then maxes out at 400k, and he's someone that people might jump on for a cash burst later throughout the year at some point. But I don't think he is a relevant pick to start with, and I hmm. don't know if he's going to be in anyone's finished side by the end of the year. Yeah. I can agree with that. We did. And it that is all of the players that moved clubs, all 35 of them. Only 35. And there's still the draft to come. Yeah, oh my god. Um Do West Coast Oh god, Jesus. <laughs> I almost saw Clarky die. He leaned back on his chair and gravity decided to stop working for a second. Or no, actually no. Gravity decided to work too well for a second. I this is this is fine. This is fine. Harley Reed, draft pick number one. Do we think West Coast trades it? Do we think West Coast picks him? Do we think West Coast does something else? I don't know, but I think Harley Reed will be super coach relevant. I'm gonna come out with a bombshell here. He won't be. <laughs> if West Coast draft Harley Reid, he won't be super coach relevant. Okay. If an if North Melbourne or Melbourne or Hawthorne or someone at that top end trade for the pick one and draft Harley Reid, he will be super coach relevant. Yeah. I have my doubts on his super coach relevancy if he lands at West Coast. Just because you hate them? No. Look you at Elijah, here, folks. Look, look at Elijah Hewitt. Look at Campbell Chesser. Those were top end draftees with high, high praise. Look at, and then look at how West Coast used used them. They'd... Go on. A- Adam Simpson doesn't trust his younger players. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. He prefers them working in his hunger jacks, not on his field. He prefers them complimenting his experienced players rather than taking a starring role. Yeah. It's yeah, it's going to be interesting. Just looking at through we've got so when when's the draft demo? Educate November educate 24, I believe. So that is almost a month from now. 1 2 About 5 weeks. Give or take a little bit of time. So I think by the time we get through these drafts, because I think Melbourne is still in the books to potentially make a play for pick one. Why we would want Harley Reid, I don't know, but he's still talented. Um, That's good. Um, And I think there are probably a lot of clubs who are going to try and make a play for that. 
But the draft is a little bit stacked as well because of North Melbourne's compensation. So I don't know, Damo, if you've got any particular feelings about how this draft is going to shake out. The first 10 picks or so will are going to be your stars. It drops off after that. And then after about pick 25, it drops off again. So we could see Oof. quite a few mature age players picked up, players overlooked in previous drafts, land at clubs with later picks. So that could see the likes of a Mataz El Noor or a Sean Manor um, get picked up or a Sam Closey. All those players, all those mature age players are players to look out for. Um, and, but yeah, once the draft is done, we will have another episode where we will talk about who's drafted, who's where, what sort of role they could have. And it's not that hard to work out the prices for draftees now. So we could probably share prices and positions in that same episode. Our estimated guesses. I think the most interesting thing to come out of this draft will be to see if Port finally collect the last Dersma they need, uh, which I believe, like the powerful Exodia from Yu-Gi-Oh, if they collect Zane Dersma, the entire league loses, apart from Port. Port automatically wins. That's how it works, right? It's going to be hard for them to pick up Zane Dersma with pick 73 being the I know, right? That's what's going to make it more impressive. And they've got no future picks to trade. <laughs> uh, that's good, though. If they do anyway, it, watch out, though. That's why they can't legally do it. They'll, the world will just explode. Anyway, listeners, that's it from us. We will have another episode out post-draft. Make sure you're subscribed to our podcast feeds. Follow Please. us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we will talk to you next time. Peace out.